welcome to Legal Light, where we discuss everything e-discovery. Legal Light is brought to you by Outlaw e-discovery, the UK's leading independent e-discovery service provider, and your host Matt Altes, CEO and founder of Outlaw e-discovery. I'm joining you today from the Fifth Avenue offices of Baker McKenzie, where I'm talking to Brian Isbell, Global Manager Director for eDiscovery Services. Brian, how are you? Good, how are you? Really, really good. Good. Oh my God, this is incredible. Thank you so much for inviting us here. We're on Fifth Avenue, New York City. What floor are we on? 18. Uh, 18, yeah. It's amazing. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Baker McKenzie. You're recognized as a thought leader in an expert in all matters eDiscovery. Starting out as a legal assistant in the courts in Montgomery, Alabama, this is a whole world away. Yeah. What led you to go down the track of legal technology? So I, um, I think like a lot of people, I, I thought I might want to go to law school. So I got the job at, at the Alabama Supreme Court. I worked there while I was in college. Um, just a bit of luck that, that I knew somebody. And uh, I started working at the Supreme Court, getting some experience. Um, and I thought, okay, I'm, I'm gonna maybe go to law school, but I'm gonna get a job as a paralegal first. Kind of feel it out, see what I think. Um, so I ended up going from there and I moved to New Orleans, Louisiana, um, where I lived for about seven years. And I worked for a couple of different firms um, doing complex commercial litigation, um, uh, products liability work, that sort of thing. Um, and it was really around the time that the federal rules of civil procedure were changing. E-discovery was really becoming a thing. I mean, when I first started out, we did discovery by sending, you know, stacks of documents to, to the other side. We love that. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> back in the paper days, you know, we were blowing back tons of paper and, and sending, you know, boxes and, and trucks over to, to the opposing counsel. Um, but, you know, it, 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 things really started to change about that time. And so, um, you know, we really started to use databases and, you know, concordance was, uh, concordance and summation were really the, the tools du jour of the time. And so it was kind of right place at the right time. Um, so, you know, that's really how I got into it. And, you know, nearly 20 years later, um, I'm still here, so. So you've been here 11 years, 12 years? I've been here at Baker McKenzie nearly 12 years, yeah. And a few years back, you took the decision to completely in-source all of your e-discovery processes. Yeah. Just when most people were talking about outsourcing. Mm -hmm. What led you to that decision? Um, I think it was a couple of things, really. I mean, one, we, I came at a time where our compliance and investigations practice group um, was really um, blowing up. So I, I joined with a group that was um, really focused on that particular practice. Um, it was extremely busy, tons of investigations. They were cross-border, global investigations. We really needed um, uh, t you know, th the use of technology. We were outsourcing just about everything to external providers. And if I'm honest, what we were seeing was pretty good quality in most cases, but also um, you know, we were spending lots and lots of money and our clients were spending lots and lots of money with external providers. Um, and it's just a straight pass through for us. So um, we wanted to have um, the ability to, to really do two things. One, um, you know, when I first joined, we had concordance and that was pretty much it. Um, and it was very difficult to collaborate across offices using concordance because it was, um, the tool was sitting locally on a server in, you know, Washington, if, if, if you will. And then um, if we wanted someone to access the tool in San Francisco or London or Hong Kong, um, 
you know, they had to, to do that through uh, Citrix, you know, remotely. And we were seeing big latency issues and just really challenging to, to collaborate um, that way. So we wanted to bring in some technology that would also allow us to collaborate more across office. Um, but we also wanted to bring the, the capability in-house um, to give our, our people access to the, to the tools um, and the ability to, to do um, some of the work ourselves, but also um, to support our clients. And so we decided that um, we were going to bring everything in-house. Um, we were going to start to build up um, the, the internal capability and the practice and frankly um, we wanted to be competitive in the market so that our clients were getting you know sort of the, the, the best deals available um, while also getting expert superior legal advice um, so we could offer you know the technology um, you know uh, as an enhancement to, to what they're getting from us already in terms of the, that quality legal advice and obviously um, there is a, a financial um, up side for us as a firm because where we were outsourcing everything and passing things through um, to the client um, you know now we are uh, a, a revenue generating you know function and it is um, you know uh, very impactful for, for the business that way as well. With nearly 80 offices around the globe um, that's quite some task. How did you go about setting that up? Well, I certainly can't take uh, the, any credit for setting up the, the, the offices, and I think um, I lose track. I think we're at something like 77 offices now. Um, but we, we are a global firm. It's, we say it's that, that being global is in our DNA. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's part of who we are. So we've, um, we have grown strategically over the years. Um, and you know it is one of the differentiators I think for Baker we are a global organization um, but we work closely together as one you know integrated firm um, it, you know in terms of getting the, the the messaging out there and making the e-discovery and data advisory you know practice available to, to the global firm it's still a work in progress um, you know with 77 offices it's difficult to know everyone across the entire organization but we um, we continue to get out there and get our messaging out there um, in terms of the way that we grew we sort of we're very strategic in, in the way that we built out our, our service. Um, we started in North America because that's where I was based at the time um, in our Washington DC office. I'm now based in London as you know. Um, but we had our, our first data center in, in, in North America in Chicago and we were supporting North America, Latin America and some of our offices outside of the US um, from, from North America. Um, but then obviously we've got data privacy issues in, in the EU, state secrets issues in, in, in parts of Asia and in China in particular. Um, and so we really wanted to expand that footprint so that when our clients came to us, um, they were going to get a consistent offering, you know, no matter where they where they went. Um, but we would be able to give them the use of the same tools if they come to us in North America or if they come to us in Europe, for example. Um, so we we gradually grew um, by going live in in the EMEA region. Um, that was in. 2015 um, time period when we went, we, we, um, uh, went live there and then sort of 2017 we went live in um, the Asia Pacific region specifically um, hubbed in Hong Kong to support that region. Um, we have had a really robust capability for a very long time in Australia um, but we've we've recently beefed that up and we've also gone live in in mainland China. So strategically placed um, you know data centers to be able to support our clients 
experience. Um, I didn't mention we also have uh, a data center in Latin America, so Sao Paulo, where we, we support parts of the Latin American region. So we feel like our, our footprint um, in terms of our technological and capability in our data centers um, was really strategic to be able to meet the needs of our clients in those particular markets where they're facing you know, data privacy and other challenges around the movement of data, access to data, and how we will you know, manage those, those kinds of matters. And I imagine the, the investment must have been huge. How did you convince the firm to make that sort of investment? I mean, yeah. Did you meet with a lot of resistance? Not really, no. I mean, um, I, I'm, I feel really, really lucky to work at a firm like Baker McKenzie. I mean, we are, um, it, it's an innovative organization. I mean, innovation is really at the center of our strategy. Um, it's important to us. Um, we believe very strongly that technology is an enabler to, you know, uh, to, to the practice of law and, and, and to, you know, um, the ability to, to serve our clients. I'm very lucky that at the time, the, the global, uh, the, who was the global dispute resolution chair, um, really saw um, the opportunity and the need um, and was a huge supporter. Um, I was lucky that we also had a, at that time when we decided to go global, um, a member of our, one of our uh, executive committee members was also a litigator and really understood and, and appreciated the need um, to go global and to have the, um, that, that level of support for our clients. And so um, we, we really had the support within the organization to be able to, to do this. In terms of cost, yeah, it, it's expensive, but I think people forget, you know, Baker McKenzie is a huge organization. So with 77 offices, um, we already have a whole lot of infrastructure in place to run this firm. Um, you know, we've got a data center in Frankfurt where our SAP environment is, is located and it takes a lot to run that um, and things like our SharePoint sites and, and stuff like that. So, so we had a, a good bit of infrastructure already in place. So we, we had to make a little bit of investment to, to sort of beef that up, um, but for the most part, Part, um, you know the costs were, were not too too bad so um, you know licensing is uh, you know is a necessary evil of course but um, Don't we know it yeah exactly <laughs> but we're yeah we're, we're making it work and, and, and doing really well is there any parts of the discovery process that you do still outsource there, there are bits and bobs that we that we do outsource um, so for example we do have some limited collections capabilities in-house we do laptop imaging um, mobile phone collections um, you know that sort of thing um, when it comes to things like structured data so pulling data from SAP systems those sorts of things we typically go outside and pull in an expert um, to do that I mean lots of times in, in the investigations context you need to have um, forensic accountants and um, uh, specialists to review that data anyway and so we oftentimes will go out um, to, to specialists to help us with those sorts of, of exercises we also we're not going to be in a situation where um, I have to put a Baker McKenzie person on the stand to testify from from a forensics perspective so um, we will go out to experts to get you know expert witness testimony expert reports um, those sorts of things. We're also still partnering with, um, you know, service providers and others in the industry um, around special technology needs. You know, there are lots of unique data sets out there. Um, you know, there's lots of um, sort of in the financial services, um, in uh, you know, industry. For example, Bloomberg chat data can be um, a challenge to, to to collect, to parse, and to render for review. And so we like to go out to specialists that have really sort of focused on on those. 
um, kinds of data data sets to to you know to to help us with those. So yeah, there's there's some things that we're that we're going out for, um, but you know technology is also constantly uh, changing and evolving, and new things are coming into the market, and so we're really keeping our, our eye on the market and and what's new and available. You know, out in the um, you know in the market, so um, lots of partnering and talking with with service providers and technology companies, and um, you know, trying to stay on on top of what's what's new and what's happening. So you mentioned some data centers. Um, you've also set up document review centers, haven't you? Where are they? Yeah, so we we have um, uh, sort of what we call our center strategy, um, but that's. Um, not actually new for, for Baker, so lots of folks think that, that this is sort of a new venture for us, but we actually opened um, what was our, what we call BPO, if you will, but our, our center in Manila um, in the early 2000s. Um, that, that center has grown to more than a thousand people. Um, they're focused on mostly, um, you know, back office and professional business services. So we have things like client matter intake, um, IT, um, business development, marketing communications, those sorts of functions are, um, you know, offered out of Manila. Um, then in 2015, um, which sort of coincided with my move to the UK, um, we opened up our center in Belfast, Northern Ireland. Um, so I, I actually moved to London as, as part of the team that was helping to open up Belfast and also because I was expanding my, um, my team into the EMEA region. Um, but Belfast was the first time that we have offered an alternative legal services um, offering. Um, so we have um, something like nearly 75 people in the alternative legal services um, team in Belfast. Um, we have folks that are doing large-scale document review projects, so, you know, sort of almost like a, a captive LPO. Um, we have a corporate support unit um, that are doing things like, um, you know, assisting on deals, um, due diligence, that sort of work. There's corporate secretarial services, um, paralegals, and legal project management, which we have in, been investing in really heavily. Um, and so for the first time, we have that alternative legal services offering out of our Belfast Northern Ireland Center. Um, we also opened a center in Tampa, Florida uh, just this past year, so that was sort of, um, I think, December of, of last year. I get the, the timing right. Our executive director of Tampa will kill me if I get it wrong, but um, it's, it's new and fresh and, and really exciting, so really great things going on in Tampa. It, it sort of mirrors Belfast in a way, so a lot of the same services are being offered um, out of Tampa that we're offering out of Belfast. Um, including the legal services offering. So um, we have been beefing up our capabilities there as well. I've hired some, um, some really great folks that are sort of splitting their time between the alternative legal services team and doing document review, but also our e-discovery lawyers um, who have had experience working with LPOs. And so they're working on projects with us, um, you know, helping with, um, you know, with workflows and, um, you know, technology-assisted review workflows and that sort of thing. So it's been, um, you know, a, a really great um, you know addition to to um, to the business and then finally we, we've opened in Buenos Aires 
and that was earlier this year. Um, so right now, BA is also kind of like Manila, so just back office support right now from, from that center. But really, the center strategy has is, is been um, we wanted to have the ability to really follow the sun um, so our partners and, and lawyers throughout the global firm can get the support that they need from you know the business and professional services through the center strategy, but with that follow the sun approach so that there's really you know never any downtime where they're not able to get you know some of the services that, that they need to support our clients. So with Baker McKenzie having so many offices around the world, mm. travel must be a huge part of your job. But I, well, obviously you told us you live in the UK, you're, yeah. you're, you're an Anglophile. Yeah, I am a bit of an Anglophile, it's true. What do you yeah. love so much about the UK? You know, I've, I have loved the UK since, um, since I was a kid, really. I mean, it's just, uh, it, it's a great, it's a great place. Um, love the people. Love the culture. Um, I love the city of London, and so it just I'm really, really happy to to be there and, and living there. Um, you know, selfishly from a professional perspective, I think it's it's really nice being in London because you're sort of, from a time zone perspective, kind of in the middle. You know, if if we have to do a global call, it always seems like it's about one or two o'clock in the afternoon for me. Um, and some people west coast are having to do the hardship. You know, four or five a.m. or um, in in Asia they're doing the eleven p.m. at night. You know, in Australia, for example. So um, I feel you know I feel sort of lucky that I'm right smack in in the middle of of, of time zones and it's helpful as well you know because I still very I'm still very much involved in, in client matters um, across the, the, the global firm and so it's it allows me to sort of you know jump into different time zones when, when I need to so it's just sort of all around a, a great place to be has, has your family settled well in the UK yeah happy and and loving life so it's great brilliant yeah. well we come to this part of the show which is my personal favorite where I ask you to share with our wider audience something yeah. that otherwise they may not know about you. Right, right. Did you know that Brian Isbell? I was an opera major in college. So I had a double major in uh, political science or government and opera performance. So uh, I decided I'd, I'd rather be able to eat and, and make some money to provide for myself um, rather than singing opera on the street corner. So here I am, uh, you know, in the legal field. But yeah, most people don't know. But yeah, I was, a, I was an opera singer. So in fact, we have um, uh, the Baker and McKenzie Band um, is a, a group of partners and, um, and, and senior business professionals within the firm. And we get together a couple of times a year at our partners meetings and, and we play and sort of have jam sessions at our, our big, you know, uh, gala dinners, and so that's my my musical outlet at, at the moment. But you know, we have we have a good time. So. Fantastic, yeah. Brian, thank you so much for hosting us here today. Absolutely, really, really lovely. Thank you very you. much. And thanks for sharing so much. Yeah, of course, absolutely. Thank you. Legal Light was brought to you by Alt Law E Discovery, the UK's leading independent e discovery service provider. If you enjoy this podcast, don't forget to like, comment, and share and please leave us a review. For more information on our products and services, visit www.altlaw.co.uk. That's www.altlaw.co.uk.